You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey Burley Church Online, welcome back. Um, it's pretty crazy out there, it's a really strange season and so I hope um, hope you're doing alright, we're trying to stay connected, we've um, got some care groups, I guess we're calling them, that uh, we're getting out as soon as possible and making sure no one's missed, to try to at least make sure everyone's getting a call and, and, and people not feeling too isolated in what is a pretty isolating time. But it is really nice to uh, uh, chat this morning. It's really nice to uh, gather even if we can't in person and um, yeah, praying for the church, both our church, Burley, but also as a, a global church in this time. And so, yeah, I wanted to tell a couple of stories today. We're actually going to move out of the Ephesians uh, book just for a moment as I really felt led as I was reading some devotions this week, this passage that we're going to talk about really stood out to me and I felt like it was um, a better suit for the season we're in. And so, but first I want to start with a story about me and my, when I was younger and maybe a little less mature, um, only slightly, but um, I went and saw this uh, band probably, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, down at the Cool and Gatta Hotel, actually, here on the Gold Coast. And it was a, a band that not many people had heard of. And, but they were an American band, and I really, really liked them. And I can remember they performed at the Cool and Gatta Hotel. And I remember them performing up on the stage, and it was their last song. And I looked over to the right to see security standing there where what would be backstage. And I remember thinking to myself, at the time, um, actually was playing in a band, so it looked like... I was in a band, at least was trying to portray that image. And I thought, I reckon if I'm confident enough, I could walk straight past security and into the backstage area and meet and talk to the band. Because I wanted to get to know them. We all, when we're younger, well, any age of life, we have these people we look up to and we want to know what they're about, what they do, get to meet them. And so sure enough, not the best idea, not encouraging this at all, but a much younger, less pastorly Steve um, bypassed all the people and confidently walked past the two security guards to around the back of the stage where I then got to sit and actually found myself in the same room as the band as our finishing stage and got to actually sit with them. And instead of them calling security and saying, can we take this guy out? He somehow got out the back. They sat and talked with a mate and uh, a mate and me. And we talked for ages and we asked them questions. We're like, uh, what do you guys like to do? <laughs> what are you, where are you guys staying on the Gold Coast? Are you seeing the beaches? We can recommend some. Do you want to hang out some more? I remember saying in, as a younger guy, can we hang out tomorrow? Um, can we show you a theme park? All that type of stuff. And, and uh, whatever age you're at, you'll know that feeling of having these people you look up to. You want to just get to know them. What are you guys doing? Where are you at? What, what can... Can we learn more about you? And there's a similar story here we find. John 1, 35 to 42, if you're following along today. It'll be on the screen, but please open your Bible, get your notepads out. Uh, let's have a look at this. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. This is talking about John the Baptist, the guy that came before Jesus and started preparing the way for his ministry. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God basically making a prophecy around who Jesus was. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. So they look at the guy they're following, John, and they see that he is saying, check out this guy, Jesus. 
and they probably heard about Jesus and seen some of the stuff, but his baptism had just happened. And so they'd probably seen the baptism of Jesus. They, they'd heard about his teaching. And so they immediately start following him. And, um, and then Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, what are you seeking? What are you doing? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. One of the two heard John speak and followed Jesus. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, and he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah. That means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And so... I want to concentrate on this one line that I love here. These guys following John see Jesus, have heard about him, they've heard about his teaching, they've heard about some of the stuff he's been doing, and they come up to him and they're following him. He goes, what are you doing? And I like it's almost mumbled. The only thing they can say is, oh, where, where are you staying? <laughs> what are you doing? Can we come, teacher? And he says, yeah, all right, come, follow me. Where are you staying? What are you doing? What's going on here? I love the simplicity. What are you doing, Jesus? Where are you at at the moment? What are you up to? They don't even know the full journey they will be on for the next three years. They don't understand exactly who Jesus is, but they know this guy's important. They know something's happening and they're saying, can we come? Can we be a part of it? Some of us watching, in fact, all of us watching, possibly, uh, would have maybe asked these very questions when first exploring who Jesus is. Some of us would have been at a a Billy Graham-type crusade, I guess, and seeing this man speak or seeing an evangelist speak and then responding and seeing everything go on and thinking, I don't quite know exactly what's going on, but I need to be a part of this. I need to investigate this further. So you may have found yourself down the front during the music playing, giving your life to God, whatever that meant at the time, you knew you wanted to investigate it. Some of you have been invited to a church perhaps and you've responded. And I, I guarantee it wasn't just the music. I guarantee it wasn't the building, the space. Guaranteed it wasn't just the preacher. Something stirred in you through all of that and more and you thought, what's going on here? Who is Jesus? How do I investigate this further? Can I come? Can I do this with these people? Can I be a part of this? Do you know Paul that's um, not the Apostle Paul? Um, Paul, who's recently been volunteering here uh, as a part of our op shop, and we've um, and then recently him and his son Lincoln been coming a part of our church community and asked permission to, t- to tell this story. But recently after a church service, he asked me, he said, what happened? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's a guy over there kneeling down praying and there's a guy over there that's, uh, uh, and there's a girl over there and they're asking for prayer. He goes, what, what happened? You didn't seem to say anything differently. The music wasn't better or worse than normal. What happened this morning? People seem to have been moved by something. And dare I say, he was kind of saying, I feel moved by something. <laughs> I laughed and I said, I don't actually know the exact mechanics of what happened. 
But that's called the Holy Spirit, Paul. And it's worth investigating. It's worth being a part of. It's worth exploring. There is this simplicity that we love to complicate. (laughs) As mentioned last week, we love to make this simple message into a whole game. And we're not talking about this week, but last week we spoke about the games we, we play. But if you boil down the whole thing, if you get rid of the games and the complexity, a Christian is a call to each day say to Jesus, where are you staying today? Where are you working? What are you doing? What are you up to in this world? And what are you doing in me? There's a simplicity to it. As I say that, does anyone miss this simple pursuit? I do. I have my moments, even as a minister doing God's work, as I reflected on this passage this week. I almost felt like I missed it. I, I miss, um, I so easily forget the absolute simplicity is what I'm trying to say. I so, it, it, so often get distracted and I forget to just simply ask and start each day with Jesus, what are you doing today? Do you miss it? And if so, right, what happened? What happened to us, not just as a church, but churches? When did so much of our faith become about the Christian experience, become conversations around style, around the word the preacher gave, around how bad the world is or how bad that person is or that's not fair what they're doing? When did it all become about that? Well, I've got another story for you that I'd like to share. Let me read. This is the disciples continued on with Jesus and eventually... Later on, we find this passage in Mark 4, 35, 41. Again, an account of the disciples and Jesus. Let me read. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples. So they're following him, they're journeying, they're teaching, they're creating this movement. Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There's also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. We'll get to the full story, but first, I want to just concentrate on this bit. That day when evening came, he said to disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. If you're not familiar with these accounts, if you're not familiar with the Bible, that's okay. Great to have you join us. Uh, Jesus leaving the crowds, though, is, is something he does all the time through the Bible or through the New Testament accounts. He does miracles, sure. He preaches and teaches. And just as he kind of reaches his popularity peak, he often will withdraw. It says to quiet and lonely places 
with either himself or the disciples. And so this is not new. There's a big crowd. They're starting to draw. He looks like he needs a break. And he goes, let's get in the boat and let's go into the, let's go across the lake. I believe the number one reason, there's many reasons, but I reckon the number one reason we've forgotten or forgotten or sometimes forget this uh, simple following of Jesus is our life is crowded. And for so many, we, need, we bend the knee to this idol or God or whatever you want to call it of busyness, hurry and distraction. A month ago, if you were to ask people how they were, just a month ago, and it, it was probably I'm tired and I'm busy, they'd say things like this, I've got a lot going on at the moment. I've got a fair bit on my plate. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's a bit busy at the moment. Yeah, pretty busy. <laughs> These things that we roll out like it's normal, like it's okay to be like that all the time. So it's no wonder when it comes to our spirituality that it becomes like a Macca's drive through It's cheap, it's nasty, but boy, it's reliable, it's quick and easy. Yep, I'll take the church with a one-hour service, three songs, thank you for the word, pastor, the cookie and the coffee, the quick chat about how perfect the weather is constantly on the Gold Coast, get the kids in the car and let's get to the next thing. And then some of us will get home and maybe the wife or husband or the partner wasn't there and we'll say, uh, how was church? And we say something like, oh, do you know what? Um, um, oh, oh, sorry. We get home and your wife or your husband or your partner says, uh, how was church? As if you could sum up <laughs> the gathering of the most powerful society-changing, redeeming, spirit-filled movement of all time. But there you will. Let's just let's talk about that in the kitchen. And we say, oh, uh, you know, Pastor Steve went on on a bit of a tangent this week. I lost interest. The kids were a bit naughty. Uh, but it was really nice to see the pain twins because, gee, they're getting big and, gee, they're cute. And all those things happen, and that's okay. <laughs> but I better go get my work shirt ready for the morning. And we keep going. Let's face it. When we are busy when we're too busy, when we're too tired, when life is too crowded. We don't want to ask Jesus what he's doing, where he's staying, because he might be asking us to do something else or something we don't want to do. So we don't ask him. Or we ask him but don't really listen for an answer. Let's address the elephant that's not in the room. Who's crowded right now, though? Look around the room. I mean, I look around this room, it's just Samal and a camera. <laughs> look around your room. It's some of your family, maybe. Maybe a close friend or no one. Who's crowded now? What? A moment. What a moment we're in. There's this sort of reoccurring pattern in the Bible. Jesus goes into the desert and he's met with Satan. The ancient Jews go into the desert and they're reshaped. 
Jesus takes the disciples up the mountain multiple times and at each time he either reveals a new truth in his teaching or he reveals more of who he is. Jesus takes his guys out into an uncrowded wide sea and, of course, they're met with a storm. And there's two storms raging in this passage, right? For the disciples, there was a physical storm threatening them, threatening their life possibly. The second storm was in them, was this inner turmoil wondering, should we trust the guy that's asleep or should we try to find another solution? Should we start chucking things overboard and trying to steer our way out of this storm? There's this inner storm of faith. This is a constant lesson we see in the Bible, in the accounts of the disciples and Jesus. Pick any story and it's about them wrestling with this storm. As the disciples, can you imagine as the disciples see the dark clouds move over the sea? They see the thunder and the wind picks up. You can imagine their focus and discussion. Hey, John, how close are we to land? Because this thing's looking pretty dark. Man, are we going to be all right? Peter saying, how long do you think your storm's going to be? Luke may say, when, when will it pass, I wonder? Do you think we'll get wet? One of them saying they read an article they saw online that this is the biggest storm that's ever hit. Uh, another saying, do you reckon this is end times? <laughs> there's always someone, isn't there? And I don't mind that question. There's always someone, no matter the storm, no matter the situation, it's always the first thing they go to. Must be end times. I'm sure it's the same when the disciples hit a storm. It's this end times. And all this conversation was fine in a sense, but they had forgotten the very first thing you learn as a disciple or what it actually means to be a disciple, was what was Jesus up to? What was he doing? What was his posture while the storm was going on? If he's sleeping and he's at peace and he's rested, then maybe it's going to be okay. Did anyone in that boat, I wonder, bother to actually look at him in that storm? For us as Christians, in a very non-crowded place, in a very real and scary storm, have you asked, where is Jesus? What's he doing both in me and in this season? Honestly, have you asked this? What an absolute tragedy or shame if in two to six months or however long this corona thing's going to go on, when the world does eventually start turning, when things start picking up, business, uh, busyness or business begins, people start moving, we start getting busy, life becomes crowded again. What an absolute shame if all we did is said, well, I watched a lot of Netflix played more games. I got in more fights with my family because we were stuck together indoors. Wrote more angry comments on Facebook. Ate more junk food. Drank more beers. What a waste if that's our reflection of the non-crowded season. I read an Insta post by a church I like in Portland. It's called Bridgetown and there's this preacher I listen to called John Mark Comer and he posted these stats around porn. Porn. 
and porn websites in this season and they have gone, <laughs> they've blown the roof off. Insane amounts of subscribers to these sites already. It's like the moment things become uncrowded, people need to fill it with their vices. Imagine that if that was us as a church in six months or however long. We look back and said, oh, well, what a waste. Church, we are in the unknown. We are in the storm and we are in the uncrowded moment. I believe Jesus, his spirit, wants to do something in you and in us. It simply starts, though, with that first call. That call for us and constantly from then on as a disciple of Jesus to ask, what is he doing? What is he doing? Where is he staying? <laughs> what, what is he saying? We can ask this in the uncrowded space through quiet time, through prayer, through worship, through reading the word, through fasting, in which most of us can all do now with the excess time and space. And then we can ask, what are we doing about it? Chances are he wants to remind you like he does his disciples, it's all going to be okay, that he's in control of it all to the end of time. Chances are there's a back catalogue <laughs> of things he's been trying to bring up with you for a long time. Chances are there's some things he's been wanting to bring up to the global church for a long time. But we've been a bit distracted by the Sundays we put on, been a bit distracted by the game. Well, we've got no game at the moment. So maybe he has some things to say to us as well. Chances are there's some things he wants to say to this country, this world, as they stop and get uncrowded. Are we listening? Are we asking? What are you doing, Jesus, in this moment? And can I come? Let me pray, and then I've got a couple of questions I'm going to get you all to ask each other over the phone or messenger or text or whatever that looks like. Let me pray. Father, it's a simple message, but it's one that we need as disciples of you, as students of you consistently, Lord, and it's a, a challenging reminder as we look through your word that you are part of the storm, but the calling is to look where you're at in it, that we are to follow you, and in this uncrowded, on this unprecedented, once in a lifetime moment where we are uncrowded, unbusied, <laughs> and we remind us of your presence each day. Allow us to connect with you before we connect online, to watch you before we watch our Netflix and TV and news, to ask you what's on your mind, what do you have for us before we. I don't know, message or comment on a post. 
Father, I believe there's so much you want to say and move and change and grow in us, Lord. And I just pray in this season, you speak to us as your people, as individuals, as the church, and possibly as a nation. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Let me just give you a couple of questions to turn to the people beside you and ask, have you looked for what God could be doing in you this season? And how could you look? How could you ask? What do you think the Spirit is saying to you today? What do you think it's stirring in you? And lastly, what are you doing about it? What needs to shift, change or move for you? What do you need to be obedient to in this moment, in this season? Ask yourself those questions. Ask your spouse if you've got one. Ring up some friends. Ring up someone in the church. If you're not even part of the church, that's fine. Or Facebook message someone, Instagram message someone. Ask these questions and let it sit, let it stir And let us just sit with Jesus and look to Jesus in this uncrowded moment. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Let's keep connected and uh, we'll hopefully see you in this way either during the week or next Sunday. Catch you then. Thanks.